Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone and welcome to a post-Super Bowl fumble with myself, Vernon Kay, and of course our lead commentator, Mr. Darren Fletcher. Darren, our Super Bowl this year was a little bit different, obviously because of the situation that the world is in with the global pandemic. You and I were not in Tampa, we weren't even in the United States of America. In fact, we were in Salford, Salford, just outside Manchester, around the corner from Old Trafford and we were broadcasting live on BBC Radio 5 Live. And I've got to say, Darren, before you pile in, from the bottom of my heart, that's probably one of the best broadcast experiences I've had in 22 years. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it, and I'll tell you why. I'm going to have my 10 pence worth. Go on. When you listen to a sports commentator on the radio, you don't really get a sense of their body language. You don't really get a sense of what they look like when they're commentating. You don't see their movements. You can tell they're excited only by the inflection in their voice. But me being there, as soon as I said, and now for Super Bowl 55, let's go over to our lead commentator, Darren Fletcher and Maurice Jones-Drew. You literally flicked a switch, turned the mic, brought it close to your lips, and then off he went. It was like watching a spinning top after you've revved it up. Darren Fletcher commentator switch was well and truly on. We were up and running. Yes, hello, everyone, and welcome to Super Bowl 55. Darren Fletcher here from Raymond. I'm like, we are in! We are in. It was it was so cool. And I think we'll talk about it a little bit later on. But, I, you know, I'm sure you mentioned it. But I got excited listening to oh. you watching it on the TV in Salford whilst it's being broadcast live, obviously, from Raymond James. I know. It, it was brilliant. And um, a couple of things. I mean, we, we couldn't have been in a more different environment, could we? Salford to Tampa at this time of year. I mean, it couldn't be more different, could it? And that's the first time that we've ever worked together on a Super Bowl. A legitimate working experience. Yes, and that's the furthest away we've ever been from each other. <laughs> and it's not, doesn't it? You think you'd be a bit closer. It's the furthest away we've ever been. But it was great. And you talked about getting excited. And what made my abiding memory, and <laughs> it was just, I still laugh about it now. The, the first touchdown is scored. Rob Gronkowski scored. And you just could not help yourself <laughs> scream Gronkowski you just couldn't help it and at that point 
Vernon Kay, NFL fan, why this game means so much to you and why you've been such an important part of the development of the game over here with all the work you've done in done for the, the NFL London office and the, the enthusiasm you bring. It all came out in that moment, just with that one word, that yell of Gronkowski. And I'll tell the audience a little secret. I had to whip the mic to one side and say, listen, you can't shout over the touchdowns because they might use them as clips. <laughs> I had to tell you at that stage. It was so funny. As soon as I shouted Gronkowski, <laughs> I, I've never experienced it as of that moment, but I got the Darren Fletcher death stare. Right, it was like, don't give it away. Because what I'd done, I'd seen the play. I'd seen Gronkowski run out and he was wide open. And I just yelled, Gronkowski, because I saw it. And Darren was still commentating on the fact that Brady had dropped back and was just about to launch it. And I'd already given it away. And that's the that's not what you do on the radio. So I, I remember when I started at Radio One, my controller, Ben Cooper, he said, all you've got to do on the radio is paint pictures. So literally, that was Darren was painting the picture and then I'd come in with a big handful of grey and white Tampa Bay paint and just thrown it in the air with you a had. big... Gronkowski! <laughs> I actually wonder when they did the debrief whether Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator, said to his defensive backs, Vernon Kay saw it before <laughs> you did. <laughs> Vernon knew what was happening, but you didn't see it. And we're paying your fortunes to do that. What, what a... What a brilliant experience. I mean, we worked with Simon and his company on the radio to make sure that it went out. And technically, it couldn't have worked any better. And, you know, kind of don't want to bore people rigid about the whys and wherefores and the technicalities of doing a commentary. But you, 10 times out of 10, this is not even nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, your summariser is by your side albeit at the moment slightly further away than normal with the social distancing on gantries, etc. But our summariser was in the United States. We couldn't see him at all. He wasn't, he wasn't even in Florida. No, he wasn't in Florida. We couldn't see him. And what the audience don't realise is for a big chunk of that Super Bowl, he'd lost pictures. So he couldn't <laughs> see the game. Yes. Yet we were able to get through Super Bowl 55 Without anybody realizing, which was a real testament to Maurice and what a what a what a brilliant part of the team. What a pro he was. Yeah, absolutely. And I really hope that next year we get to work with him again. Bit of bit of humor, wealth of experience, called the game brilliantly, you know, was 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 an absolute joy to be around. But technically it sounded perfect, but we did have one or two issues behind the scenes. And I was watching it on one monitor, you were watching it on another monitor. Simon was on the other side of the office, sat behind the desk and would occasionally bring notes over. Never done a broadcast in that kind of environment before. Um, yeah, had an absolute blast. Loved it. And I just hope we get the chance to do it again next year because great response. Thanks for everybody's support who, who stayed with us during the course of the night. Um, but it was, we just had an absolute blast, didn't we? And it was great to see you do that. Because I, I, you know, I've seen you do a bit of Formula E, and I've seen you go out there as a captain and do the coin toss and all that kind of thing. <laughs> but the rest of the time, it's light entertainment. You know, you're an entertainer. That's what you do. So to see you in there, and it was almost like this is not Vernon working. This is Vernon enjoying himself, but working too. So it was brilliant to get you in that environment where you were absolutely loving it. And I think that's half the that's half the battle when you do a a sporting event. I can't stand 
commentators, stroke presenters, who in some way have to belittle it. All right, it might not be a great game, because you might have seen 50 leading into that, and you're fortunate. But the people at home listening or watching have been looking forward to that event all day. And who the hell are you to tell them that it's not very good? They might be thinking it's brilliant, because it's the highlight of their day. They might have had a terrible day at work, and that sporting event is what's lifting their spirits before they go again tomorrow. So we have a responsibility to enjoy it with them. And I've always been a big believer that if I'm enjoying it and you're enjoying it, everybody else has got a great chance to enjoy it. Believe me, I couldn't have enjoyed it more on Sunday night. It was absolutely superb. Well, another highlight for me was... Uh... <laughs> so everyone listening to this will know that once a touchdown has been scored, Fletch has this magical way with words that paints the picture, creates the masterpiece in your summarization. So, for example, Grog, Rob Gronkowski out into the flats, a laser by Tom Brady into the end zone. Raymond James is lit up. The fireworks are over. And as he's doing his post-touchdown explanation, I'm out of my chair because his your words are revving me up. So I'm like, sell it! Sell it, Darren! The yeah. arms are flying around. I'm like, sell, sell, sell! Yeah. I, I've never experienced it before. It was almost like, I think, being in an office on Wall Street. You know, when you're doing that and everybody's around you and I'm trying to commentate and I'm, I'm thinking, right, you know, this is what you've got to say. And you're next to me, arms are going up and down like this, almost like you're fanning the flame. And it's spurring me on and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm letting myself down here. I'm not going high enough. So I'm trying to go again, again, again. And you're, yeah, go on, go on. And I'm thinking, well, and I'm going to catch myself thinking, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Oh, so it was brilliant. It was mad. The ball is at the seven and a half yard line and Brady wants to throw and he gives it to, to Rob Gronkowski. And he's in for the touchdown. Rob Gronkowski, number 87, sat out last season because he decided to retire. This year he's followed Tom Brady to Tampa and he's into the end zone in Super Bowl 55. It was absolutely brilliant because I think the excitement that we saw on screen, I thought we've got to get that across because obviously it's radio and there are no visuals and it's our job to paint the visuals. So as you're doing your summary of the touchdown, I'm like, go on, Darren, give me more. Tell me, tell me, go on, Darren. Yes! Yeah. And then Maurice must have been like, what the hell is going on in there? <laughs> Who are these two bad Englishmen that I'm working with tonight? The thing is, what you've got to think about is the broadcast three and a half, four hours. You've got to look after your vocal cords to a certain extent. So I've got to keep a little bit, a little bit, thinking if this goes mad in the fourth quarter, you've got to have somewhere to go. You know, you've got to leave a little bit in the tank because you can start to get a bit hoarse. And we're doing so many commentaries, whether it be football or whatever, during the course of the week now. The, the, the throat's hanging off from time <laughs> at times. But it was absolutely great. I mean, I mean, it was just, it was just, we'd hoped all season that we'd be able to do it. And then the fact that we were able to do it just kind of capped it all off. I thought, yeah. it was, it was, I, I, we're really grateful to, to, to Five Live for allowing us, you know, the airtime to do it. And as I say, to the audience that, that stayed with us during the course of the night. It's, I, I just don't think it's the kind of event that shouldn't be on the radio here, one way or the other, because it is, it, it's, it's, it's a huge event. It's not an American football game. It's not the Super Bowl. It is one of the top, sporting events in the world in any calendar year and it's, there should it, be a place for it yeah it's the only american football game that makes the news it's as simple yeah. as that it's the only american football game that makes the news oh it's be at six o'clock nine o'clock good morning britain bbc breakfast 
Sky News app, BBC News app, it's always one of the lead stories. Who wins the Super Bowl? And I'll tell you what, Darren, if we, if this game had not taken place in, let's say, late 80s, early 90s, right, which are the, the, the key Super Bowls that we remember, we'd have classed that as a blowout. Oh, another yeah. blowout. And it was a blowout. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers blew out the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think because it was a spectacular blowout, because it was a game that no one expected, apart from yourself, we'll go there later, no one expected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to put double digits on an offense that is lethal once it gets in its rhythm. And well, no, we, we watched a blowout and we got excited about an absolute landslide of a game. Yeah, we watched a blowout, but I don't know about you. Because I'd seen Mahomes come back from ridiculous situations before, it was always in my mind that even going into the fourth quarter, this lead might not be enough. If it does click, and we'd seen Brady turn the ball over against Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, you start to think, you know, all right, so this is 31-9. So 22 points sounds a lot, but it is only three drives with a two-point conversion on one of them. Three touchdowns. Mahomes is quite capable of putting two on the board just in regulation play. And then you only need one turnover, don't you, from a quarterback who did turn the ball over in the NFC Championship game. So... I was kind of sat there thinking if anybody can bring them back, and we've been in the stadium a year ago when he brought them back, not from that kind of deficit, from a pretty tricky situation against San Francisco. It wasn't beyond the realms of possibility because he's so good and they are so explosive that they could score two touchdowns in quick succession and make it a one-possession game with two or three minutes left. It was always there, wasn't it? I think it got to about eight minutes left in the game where I finally thought that's it now, because just through sheer clock management, you're going to find it hard to score three touchdowns from here, unless Tampa Bay have an absolute disaster and they didn't look like they were going to do that. So it got to that point before I kind of wrote it off. But I must say, I was, I was surprised at the ease of, of the Tampa Bay win. I mean, they looked head and shoulders above Kansas City in every department. And I think the, the people kind of touched on it we may as well get to it now. I had a big up and down with Maurice, didn't I, last week in terms of what we thought would happen. And Maurice was quite adamant that the offensive line absentees wouldn't hurt um, Kansas City because they'd move Mahomes out. But I think when you factored in the turf toe, you factored in the fact that four of the five starters on Super Bowl Sunday wouldn't have been the starters in an ideal scenario. It wasn't just Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. It was Deverney Tardif. It was um, Kelechi Assembly. You know, four players on the offensive line that didn't play. You bring the turf toe, you bring that, you bring the pressure, you bring the confidence Tampa Bay plays with. And it was just something they could never get over. I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett lived in the backfield. And when you're running around like that, you look at the, the, the next level of the defence and you think about the speed of the linebackers, Devin White, Levante, David, there's a lot of speed in the secondary as well. It was just a recipe for disaster, wasn't it, for Mahomes and the Chiefs' offence? And I, sometimes you, you get an example of what you need to do to beat them. They double-teamed Travis Kelsey, they double-teamed Tyreek Hill, and they put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And they'd worked out by then, if you can beat this, you kind of deserve to win the Super Bowl. Todd Bowles had worked out what he, what he could do, and if that wasn't enough, then you're probably just going to accept you're going to lose. But it was enough. Everything combined to work brilliantly. And Mahomes looked human for the first time in his NFL career. 
Mahomes looked worried. I yeah. mean, there's some shots going around. They're no memes, but Patrick Mahomes just wasn't Patrick Mahomes. I don't care what anyone says. And I think that in the future, maybe in the not too distant future after his toe operation that he had on Wednesday, I think something else will come out and say, look, it wasn't right because of X, Y, and Z. Because they just, let's be honest, they weren't the Kansas City Chiefs we expected to turn up at Raymond James Stadium. And I think Todd Balls, in my opinion, has a real, or he had a real opportunity to be the first coordinator to be named Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) Because what he did, what he mastered together, and I'm not taking anything away from Brady and the Tampa Bay offense, but Todd Bowles won that game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He stopped one of the most prolific offenses we've seen in the last 20, 25 years. Phenomenal job, a phenomenal job. And Devin White's come out and said, look, we knew straight away, as soon as they took the field, they showed us nothing new. It was the same looks over and over again. And when you've got that repetition on the field that you're seeing consistently in the game room, in the film room, then you kind of sit there as a defensive player and saying, oh my goodness me, this is something we've studied and seen a million times. It's game over. But that defense gave Brady the opportunity to build momentum. And if your offense has got momentum, it's infectious. The defense is like, right, let's just go ball. Let's go and do what we do. And I think another point I want to make, uh, and you observed it on Sunday night, was Kansas City, to me, offense and defense, just seemed like they didn't want the physical. Look at the way Leonard Funette was running. Look at the way Devin White and the linebackers were hitting. It was chalk and cheese. It was like watching varsity football versus the NFL. Kansas City just didn't want anything. They didn't want a piece of it. No, I think it's fascinating the way this is going to work moving forward now because we see it in a lot of sports. When a team is dominant, they don't feel the need to change. You know, Manchester City played the way Manchester City played until Liverpool won the league and then they made changes. Liverpool this year, they've played a certain way for the last two or three years and they've won a Champions League and they've won a Premier League and nobody could cope with them. This year, teams have found a way to slow them down. It it was started by Simeone in the Champions League against Atletico Madrid last year. And now we're seeing other teams defend in a certain way, make it difficult for Liverpool. And now the onus is on them to make a change next year if they want to get back to the top again. And I look at Kansas City, and it's a great point that you make, that they knew what was coming. But why would you change when you've been so dominant on that side of the ball? Up until Super Bowl Sunday, there hasn't been a necessity for Eric Bieniemy or Andy Reid to do anything different with the offence. But there might be now. The only caveat to that would be how many teams in the league are talented enough and fast enough on defence to stop it anyway. You know, that might just be the worst possible matchup for Kansas City. The Tampa Bay defence with all the speed against, against the KC offence, that might just be their, their kryptonite. They might be fine against everybody else. But, of course, the issue comes that if these two meet this time next year, what are Kansas City going to do to be to be different? Because the speed's still going to be there. But look, this is nothing new. How many times have we seen a dominant offense go into a Super Bowl and provided the defense can get pressure with the front four, it's a problem. And that's all they did. Aaron, sorry, let me stop you. Denver. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills. Right. They were prolific offenses. Prolific offenses. Didn't do a thing in the Super Bowl. And, and think about... think of it, go, go Early back. Super Bowl, because someone will say, yeah, but John Elway won two, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. But You mentioned Denver. Think about Denver when they won Super Bowl 50. And by the way, Mike Remmers was on the Carolina offensive line that was terrorised by Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware that night. The Giants against the Patriots. You know, unbeaten New England. From four. 
you know, Osiu Minora, Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin Tuck, pressure on Brady. This is something that we see a lot. The Baltimore Ravens against San Francisco, pressure from the front four. And if you've got fast linebackers behind, you can win the game that way. And, and we, we, we'd seen this play out on more than one occasion. They got pressure from the front four. That then gives the defense the advantage numerically in, 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 against the offense. And that's what happens. And I, They've got uh, the biggest problem now for Tampa is how many they can bring back because mm. they've got players who are free agents now. And, and one of them is Shaq Barrett. One of the main guys who could go is Shaq Barrett. Leonard Fournette is another one. Will they bring Antonio Brown back again? But I mean, the thing is, Brady's coming back and Gronkowski's coming back. So when you've got number 12 in the team, you've got a chance. But it's going to be a fascinating offseason. But they, they won it, deserved it. They were so superb. I mean, I don't, I, it's one thing that I haven't really looked at, to be honest with you, in NFL, in, in the 30 odd years that I've been a fan, 30, whatever, how many years, I forget, Christ. Um, but I think the salary cap is going to play a pivotal part now in Tampa Bay. And it's confusing when you read that Kansas City have a team with a quarterback who's on half a billion over 10 years, mm. and they're still going to maintain that quality of player because none of the contracts are up yet. But then you look at Kansas City. They bought in Leonard Fournette. He was a free agent. or Was he a free agent or was he... Was he? Well, he, yeah, he, well, he was cut by Jacksonville. He was cut, yeah, by Jacksonville. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you talk about the structure of that team, how that comes into play. I mean, it's fascinating how important that general manager's role is in the way that they organise the financial structure of a team and the way that pay, players are paid, you know, because that's the key influence on how a team is built. So... Uh, like I said, I don't know too much about it because I've never really looked into it. But I think now that it's becoming more and more uh, pronounced, it's becoming more and more of a, of a point with the salary cap and the structure of a team. It's something that we, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know about it, but it's something that every NFL fan should know about their team's financial wage structure. Yeah, and, and I, think if, if, I mean, we're, we're quite fortunate on this podcast that we don't just get like diehard NFL fans. We get people who have a passing interest in the game and new people as well. I think it's worth pointing out that it's not a set salary cap either. It does change. And this year, going into this year, it's going to be the lowest it's been in a long yeah, time. It's going to go down. So a team that has got any kind of salary cap issue and they've got a lot of free agents to, to re-sign, and in particular Tampa Bay, because they just want a Super Bowl, these guys, so they want to be paid accordingly. This is a, a, a unique set of circumstances, really, with a lower cap for the Super Bowl winning team with a number of key components out of contract. So it's going to be really interesting to see what Jason Light can do. Although, you know, Shaq Barrett's already saying, I'm going to be back. Leonard Fournette is already saying, I'm going to be back. But that's in the wake of winning the Super Bowl. So that might die down and pounds, shillings and pence might become a bigger factor. And, Mike, the the summer. and Mike Evans has said he's willing to take a pay cut. Again. <laughs> Brady will, you know that. You know that Brady will restructure because this is all about legacy for him. So there are players that will do something. And Brady's, Brady's, that's something that very rarely gets talked about with Tom Brady. And that debate about being the greatest athlete in sport of all time, that's a null and void argument for me yes. because it's completely irrelevant. It really is. You can't, uh, you can't cross you can't. their sport in no, any shape or form. You can't. But one thing that Tom Brady has done, which does stand him out from the rest, he's always restructured his salary in line with what the team needs to progress in the future. And that's what made him the Don, really, 
yeah. in New England is that he was willing. I think he took a massive pay cut. Didn't he take a massive pay cut to get a running back? Because that's where they were weakest one year and then they went on to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, the, big, the big argument in New England was that they didn't make the most of his sacrifice, that they were always a couple of skill position players short. And the question was, what are you spending Brady's salary on? Because he's giving up this cash because he wants a game-breaking wide receiver. And you're signing two defensive linemen, which might give you a bit more depth, but that was always the argument. Are you using it the way that he actually like it to be used to give him a, a chance to win every year? Listen, we've got we to deal with the elephant in the room. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm having this one. I'm having this one, Darren. I'm having this one because I'm not going to let you take the flute and blow it yourself, all right? Because I had too much of that on Sunday night. Right, so basically, let me paint the picture. And we were asked by NFL UK. And when I say we, I mean uh, some pundits and, and NFL fans around within the UK NFL community. And we were asked to give our predictions. And as you can see, Darren, or he can't see because it's a podcast, but I'm sure there'll be a clip of Darren blowing a flute uh, because he's very <laughs> good at that, especially this past week. So basically what happened, we were asked for our predictions. Every single one of us, myself, uh, Jason, Jason Bell, Jeff Reinbold. Coombs, Jeff Reinbold. Don't let anybody off the hook here. I'm not Just letting anyone off the hook. Sam and before we go any further, so basically everyone within the NFL community, Darren, uh, gave their predictions. Let's just have a listen. Hey everyone, Kirsten Watson here, host of Monday Night Football Live on Channel 5, and my Super Bowl 55 pick, Tom Brady, Buccaneers at home, as much as I want to say yes, I gotta go with the Chiefs. I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're too deep, too balanced, and have too many good players for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's gonna make it a great game, I think it's gonna be a fabulous football game, but I'm taking the Chiefs. Big advantage, playing at home, the Buccaneers defense will do its thing. Tom Terrific will be terrific and the Buccaneers win Super Bowl 55. Hi guys, Sam Quek here and I'm saying the Chiefs are going to win this year's Super Bowl. Tampa Bay may have an excellent running defence but our throwing game is superb. I'm going to go for Kansas City 30, Tampa Bay 20. Brady versus Mahomes. I think somehow, some way, that reshuffled offensive line in Kansas City keeps Mahomes well protected. He gets his points. Brady will keep it close. I think the Chiefs win this one. 31-24 could be a classic. Super Bowl 55. My heart says Tom Brady will lift yet another Super Bowl and put another Super Bowl ring on his finger. However, the football fan inside me thinks that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs will win by a minimum of 10 points. I'm thinking Kansas City wins this in a close one and it comes from some explosive plays in the passing game later on in the game, the third and the fourth quarter when Tampa Bay's defense is starting to slow down. I've just got that smell. It's going to be another year for the Kansas City Chiefs and Mr. Pima Holmes will be celebrating at the end. All right, so there you go. That's everyone predicting uh, who was going to win Super Bowl 55. And of course, naturally, everyone chose the Chiefs except for one. The one. The one. The fly in the ointment, the rotten apple in the barrel was our very own Darren Fletcher and you went for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And... I think looking back, your recap was, it's always valid, your point, Darren, a very, very valid point in the fact that Brady doesn't lose Super Bowls. Simple as that. I mean, he's lost two, but this one was 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 particularly yeah. important. I think if we think back to the fumble last week, you know, my, my, my point to Maurice was that what we saw in the Super Bowl was likely to happen. I thought that you would get pressure off the edge. Mahomes would have a problem with a turf toe. 
losing your left tackle at this stage of the season is a problem. And I can also see that the result in week 12 was freakier from a Kansas City perspective than it was from Tampa Bay. You know, there was 17 nothing down and, and Tyreek Hill had gone over 200 yards in the first quarter, which never happens in an NFL game. From that point on, Tampa Bay were the better team over three quarters. And that then followed into Super Bowl 55. So kind of saw that. Um, but it did give me a tremendous amount of, of enjoyment to say to Maurice, isn't it odd here that a former suspended ceiling fitter from Nottingham was able to break the <laughs> former NFL Russian champion? <laughs> oh, I am loving it. And there's no way that I'm going to let it go. I just stuck it up with about five minutes to go. How's this going? And it got retweeted and liked, and I loved it. I loved it. It, so did, make me, it did make me laugh. It really did, because I knew it was coming. Yeah. But I did ring Internet Rich in the car on the way and said, what have you done here for your, for your Super Bowl bet? And he was all in on Kansas City. And I said the same to him, and he'll back me up on this. I said to him, don't. I said, have a bet on Tampa Bay. I said, I'm going to tell you the reason why they're going to win. And he listened patiently and he went, thanks for that. I'll stick with what I've done. So he <laughs> lost. So there we are. But it was, it was, it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think if I was sat at home with a hot dog and a beer, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as I did because I was alongside you and we got Maurice and we were able to, to tell the story. Um, and I think, look, regardless of the score, it will, it will have its place this Super Bowl because it's Brady versus Mahomes. Um, the thing that interests me now is, is what happens to Kansas City because history tells you the Super Bowl runner-up tends to have a stinker the following year. And we sat last year and went, well done to San Francisco. Look at all the talent. There's no way that they won't be back. Well, they didn't make the playoffs. So if it can happen to them, you know, can they, can they book the trend? Is it going to hit them? in the nether regions as hard as it's hit everybody else. I mean, you think about teams that have been there and you can't see any way they won't go back, but they don't. Um, and I know the smart money next year is on a, a rematch. I think the, the two are the favourites again straight away, but there's a hungry Buffalo Bills team in the AFC. There's a hungry Baltimore Ravens team in the, in the AFC. If San Francisco, by the way, can get themselves to Sean Watson, they're going to be a... All bets are off, could be off in the NFC, never mind about anything else. But looking ahead to next season, I, I, I don't know. I, I think they will book the trend. I think they will be back. I don't see how with Mahomes, unless he gets injured, they can't be there or thereabouts in January, certainly. Do, do you think they need to take a look at that offensive playbook now and re, redesign maybe? maybe but I, something new. Yeah, maybe. But I, again, I don't know how many teams in the NFL can do to them defensively what Tampa Bay did. I, I don't see two linebackers, inside linebackers with that speed. And I don't see two edge rushers that are as good a combination as Pierre Paul and, and Shaq Barrett. The secondary was relative, is relatively young. So they're only going to get better. I think if they can keep the pieces and Shaq Barrett, if Shaq Barrett leaves, they've got a big hole to fill. But you know that David and White aren't going anywhere and you know that Pierre Paul isn't and that they'll probably try and bring Sue back again. So most of the pieces will be there. The secondary will be intact. And Antoine Winfield Jr. goes into his second year, so you'd expect even more improvement from him. So they should be all right. So, but I, I don't know who else in the NFL can do to that Kansas City offense 
what Tampa Bay did. So would you need to change? Yeah, good point. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I, I, I've got a funny feeling that it's going to be the year of the Cardinal. I think the Arizona Cardinals really? will make a big statement next year. Okay. I think they'll draft heavily on defense. Uh, because I think that move that they made for uh, DeAndre Hopkins with a young, fresh, mobile quarterback, I think that's got to pay off for those people upstairs that we talked about earlier on. For the general manager, that kind of trade has got to come off when you go for someone big like that. I, I, I just got a funny feeling, and this gut feeling that I've had for many years, very rarely wrong, I'll be honest with you, mm. this early in the season. I've just got something about Arizona, and I don't know what it is. I, I think... Tampa Bay will again be the class of the NFC. I think they're in a tough division, so I think they're battle-hardened when they get to the playoffs. And I think once you get there, staring down number 12 in a playoff game is difficult for anybody. It's difficult for Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be hard for some of the younger ones. And I think they're super talented, and I think they'll, they'll, they'll be lifted by the fact they've won the, the big one now. So I think you'll get another 15%. Wins breed wins. Wins breed wins. I think the AFC is interesting because I've not really been a believer this year and they didn't quite get there. They went out in the, in the AFC championship game. But I think that the Bills next year will be better still because I think they've got, you know, when you say wins breed wins, they've now got that belief of getting to the conference championship, which will take them on again. And of course, Josh Allen, you think he's going to be better still. So I, th- I think... I think it might be easier for, for Tampa Bay to get back than it will Kansas City for that reason. I, I read a good meme this week, Darren, uh, uh, about the controversy that Tampa Bay played the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So to eradicate that controversy and make sure that it never happens again, every Super Bowl from now on is going to be held at Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, we've got to talk about this while we're off. <laughs> Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy. Oh, genius. What if he would have dropped in the water? It doesn't matter. Adds to the story. And I just want to say for all those people who, and I saw a few tweets who slammed Brady for getting absolutely rat-legged. Oh, he was stealing. That was like me in Minnesota. That was like you getting me out in Minnesota. Yeah. For those people who gave him grief for getting absolutely bladded on the boat parade, shame on you. (laughs) Shame on you. The man has won seven Super Bowls. 
Let's not forget, every time he's celebrated a Super Bowl win, it's been minus 29,000 degrees in Boston. He's got a T-shirt on. He's got shorts on. Let the man celebrate with some avocado tequila. But what you think about it, what he actually eats, I mean, he can't drink in, in, in the right. So that would have been one and a half Bud Lights that would have got him in that state because he can't have been drinking. He, he, drinks so much, he, drinks, he drinks so much water that he, he would have had a hangover the following morning, would he? So he, he would have been fine. Exactly. Body weight in water, as we mentioned last week. Yeah, he'll have been laced with electrolytes, which is all he eats. You know, half, half a tub of ambrosia cream rice, and he'd have been sorted, fixed. Yeah. Brilliant. Boom. But one, one... If he would have dropped in the... If he would have oh, dropped it's in been the... brilliant. That yeah. is what I was... If that had gone in, yeah, uh, would they have stopped the parade and some... Gronkowski would have probably tried to dive in and go and get it. Quite quite deep there. I mean, it's not like a little canal, is it? Where it's a yeah. Couple... I, I reckon they'd, they'd have had a diver on hand in case anyone fell in anywhere because it, the parade was massive, wasn't it? So someone... 25 grand, aren't they Lombardi trophies? So, I mean, he probably would have paid for a new one to be made. But... Yeah. And then that would have gone in the Hall of Fame, wouldn't it, is the one that Brady threw in the drink. Very true. Very true. But what, what I liked about that clip was his his daughter, Daddy, Daddy, no, no, Daddy, no! <laughs> I wonder if she'd ever seen him in that state before. Oh, surely there must be some family celebrations where he's gone. Do you know what? Let's put the electrolytes down. Just give me a can of Guinness. Let's get banjo. Yeah. yeah. It was brilliant. I mean, fair play to him. And I just loved that image of him coming off the dock, being carried away with everyone, all the cameras in front of him. And he was just he, had, he just had that drunken, that drunken smile where he's like, hey, everyone. Do you think, then, <laughs> do you think that that tells you beyond doubt that he enjoyed this one more than any other because it was Bruce Arians on the sideline and not Bill Belichick. And this is the one where everybody says, this one's Brady's. Because in the past, it's always been, is it Belichick? Is it Brady? This one's Brady's. You know, they'd not, they'd not won playoff games for years and years and years before he got there, let alone, winning, let alone win a Super Bowl. And he turned them from a 7-9 and nine team that had a lot of talent that blew it to the best team in the world without Belichick. And I think he thinks, you know what? I'm going to really enjoy this one. Yeah. I'm getting on it. I'm throwing the trophy. All the stuff I've wanted to do for 21 years, I'm doing today on this boat in front of this lot with my mate Gronk. Yeah, and I think I think it goes to show you maybe there's a possibility that Belichick had him on a tight leash where he's like, you're, you're our franchise. You're the face of the franchise. So let's just behave yourself, wind your neck in a little bit. Yeah. You know, we, we want to be respectable, X, Y, and Z. But I also think, honest, Darren, it could be something as simple as he's in the Floridian sunshine. He's got his shorts and T-shirt on. He's not in one of those stuffy conference centers that you and I have spent many time in in America. Yeah. They're all the same. They all smell the same. They've got the same carpet, the same chairs, the same decor. And that's the kind of place that w- they would have celebrated the Super Bowl in the past in Boston. But this time he's on a boat, which apparently costs two and a half million. He's with his family. He's got the rest of the team on other boats. He's, he's literally sailing down this river or... The, the outlet, whatever it was, in Tampa Bay, which was lined by thousands of people. And I'm going to bring the tone down a little bit, and I apologise. And I think the NFL surely must have done head in palms a couple of times when they saw the amount of people that were at the parade without a mask during the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, I think the NFL surely has got to do some kind of report about uh, the way the game went on during a pandemic and the uh, unforeseen 
attention that was drawn to it with everyone not wearing a mask. Mm. I'm like, come on, man. You're setting an example. This game goes out worldwide and we're in a pandemic and you're behaving like that. Come on. Come on. Show some responsibility. Fair point. point. And just back to Brady, though, it could well have been his first ever night out. And we all know what we're all like on our first ever night out. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, got to to give mention to um, Hickory Smokehouse. Yes. They really graciously and kindly sent some boxes of barbecue for Super Bowl Sunday. Problem is, we had no stove to cook it on, no oven in the BBC, just a microwave, and it's not microwave food. So I bought my box home. So I said to the family on Monday, I've got this barbecue, we'll, we'll try it, not, not knowing what it was going to be like. Vernon, it was sensational. It was the equivalent of being in a restaurant. So I opened this box, there were two racks of ribs, there was a, a bag of pulled pork, a bag of brisket, chicken wings, popcorn and all the sauces so basically you leave the takes 20 minutes to do the lot because it's all (laughs) so you put the 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 ribs and the wings in the oven for 20 minutes then you put the brisket and the pulled pork leave it in the back into boiling water for the same amount of time take your ribs out five minutes before they're due glaze them with the sauce that they've sent so they send maple sauce they send barbecue, bourbon, and then Louisiana sauce for the wings. So you glaze your um, glaze your, your, your ribs and put them back in. So they come out sticky and beautiful. You put the wings into a bowl when they come out, pour the sauce on and toss them, shake them about. See, they're, they're lovely. Leave them a minute to stand. Pull pork in a dish, brisket on a plate. Then you've got uh, mac and cheese and barbecue beans and coleslaw to go with it <laughs> Mate, the brisket the brisket is the nicest brisket i've ever had ever oh. my son luca just sat there piling mac and cheese and brisket onto his plate like it was going out of fashion 55 quid which you kind of spend that on a takeaway and if it's four year probably a little bit more 55 quid Fed a family of four, and there was food left. We had stuff left. And I can eat, you know that. I can eat. (laughs) My hands up and say, in the right circumstances, I'm a match for anybody. But there was food left. It was amazing. And basically, if you want to do it, they do Hickory Smokehouse at home. So you can go on and you can either buy a box or you can buy stuff individually. And if you order it the day before, they'll deliver it to the house. I think they sold 12,000 of these things on Super Bowl night because people couldn't go out. So everybody had it at home. But you go to the pit places, you know, and you get the rub and all that. You go to barbecue restaurants. It's absolutely as good as that in your own house. And I've got to say thank you. And this is not me giving it a plug because I've got shares in the company. I haven't. I've not heard of them before Super Bowl Sunday. But credit where credit's due. It is so nice. You've got to give it a bash because you'll go, wow. The kids already are saying, when are we having that again, Dad? Because we have a problem at home. We don't know what it's like. We want a Chinese. Kids don't like it. We want an Indian. Kids don't fancy it. They want pizza, fish and chips. So you end up getting all these different stuff in or cooking for them and and, and feeding yourself. This is the thing where everybody went, yep, we'll take that. Let's have that again. Amazing. (laughs) Astonishingly good. Really good. Really, really, really good. I'm I'm, I'm going to order one of them because I I 
didn't think that it would travel. I didn't realise there was ice packs in yeah. there as well. Uh, so I gave mine to producer Mike, but I'm going to get involved with that. Um, Darren, it was an absolute pleasure, my friend, an absolute joy that this past week. It, it's been something uh, I don't think I'll ever forget. It's been a first for me doing the Super Bowl live on the radio. It's been the first for me broadcasting a sporting event live on the radio. And it was a first for me sat next to your good self watching the master at work. So thanks again to you and Simon and Maurice. You were absolutely terrific. You brought an element to our broadcast that we've never had before. Um, not only are you super talented, but you're a wonderful fella to work alongside as well. So it was an absolute blast. It was made so enjoyable. Jack, just to sit next to somebody with a smile on their face, like the Joker from the original Batman, <laughs> you just happen to be there, is, is brilliant. And it was great. I, I, I'm already counting down the days. I mean, I think it's 200 and a bit days, isn't it, till the, the season starts. This is probably going to be the last fumble that we do until we maybe stick one out around the draft, as we often do, but certainly until we get right back into it next year. So just a, just a massive thank you from me, and I know you'll, you'll, you'll agree with this, to everybody that's downloaded this year and stayed with us, given us feedback and been part of it, because it is one big family. The NFL community in the UK is brilliant, and we're really fortunate to have so many people that feel about this sport the way that we do. And it's a real privilege to sit here for an hour a week, pontificate, have your opinion, have a, have a laugh, have a look at it, and, and just enjoy it with everybody. So it's been a it's been a great it's a great Super Bowl, but it's been a great year. And thanks again to everybody that's, that's been part of the journey with us. Yeah, here, here, I completely agree. So uh, for the final time for, well, a couple of weeks, I guess, until we do something about the draft and then fantasy football, uh, this has been a Shooting Shark production from myself, Vernon Kerr, him, Darren Fletcher, and Simon Cross, our exec producer. Thanks for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. We will return. And because we haven't given you a date for our return, just subscribe and you'll get a notification and we will let you know. Did you too? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.